body and blood of Christ. Prayer Psalm 116 What shall I return to the Lord for all his bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your serving girl. You have loosed my bones. I will offer to you a thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Reading the Word First reading Exodus chapter 24 Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the ordinances and all the people answered with one voice and said All the words that the Lord had spoken we will do And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up twelve pillars corresponding to the twelve tribes of Israel. He sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed oxen as offering of well-being to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he touched against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of people. And they said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do, and we will be obedient. Moses took the blood and dashed it on the people and said, See the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Second reading, Hebrews chapter 9 When Christ came as a high priest of the good things that have come, Then through the greater and perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy place, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls, with the sprinkling of the ashes of a heifer, sanctifies those who have been defiled, so that their flesh is purified. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to worship the living God? For this reason, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance because a death has occurred that redeems them 
from the transgressions under the first covenant. Gospel Mark chapter 14 On the first day of the unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, his disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the owner of the house. The teacher asks, Where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, finished and ready. Make preparations for us there. So the disciples set out and went to the city and found everything as he had told them. Then they prepared the Passover meal. While they were eating, he took a loaf of bread and after breaking it, he broke it, gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and all of them drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. Truly I tell you, I will never drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Here in the world, the blood of the covenant, the feast of the body and blood of Christ celebrates the establishment of the new covenant between God and the people. This new covenant was made through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and was sealed through his blood, the blood of the covenant. The first reading from the book of Exodus describes the ratification of the Sinai Covenant. The covenant was a bond uniting the Israelites to their God. This covenant, this covenant making was a process. The first step was a solemn declaration of the promises to be fulfilled by those who entered into the covenant. Thus, God solemnly promised that the Israelites would become his exclusive possession, a holy nation, and a priestly kingdom. Exodus chapter 19 In return, the people obliged themselves to live by God's law, which was solemnly declared in the form of the Ten Commandments and other detailed laws 
Exodus chapter 20. Speaking on behalf of God, Moses presented these laws and commandments, asking if the people were willing to follow them. Having experienced God's presence and saving power, the Israelites declared themselves willing to bind themselves to God and live by his covenant. After such a declaration, the covenant-making ceremony could be concluded. An altar was erected at the foot of the mountain. The blood of the sacrificed animals, the blood of the covenant, was poured upon the altar and then over the people. The people were thus bound to their God by a bond of blood as it was confirmed by Moses, saying, See the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you. From then on, the people were joined to God in a covenantal relationship that obliged them to follow the law and which obliged God to keep them as his treasured and special people. The blood was immensely significant for the Israelites. They considered that life resided in the blood. Leviticus chapter 17 states, The life of the flesh is in the blood. The ritual spilling of blood was understood as surrendering of life and returning it back to God, who gave life in the first place. This sacrificial surrendering of life back to God had two significant meanings. First, blood was used in the sacrifices offered for the forgiveness of sins. Sin had the power to isolate a person from God and thus bring about death. When the blood was as a sacrifice for sins, it was understood that such sacrifice erases a sin and restores the life-giving relationship between the sinner and God. The Israelites used the blood of animals in a symbolic surrender of the sinner's life to God with a plea for mercy. In this case, the life was surrendered to God so that God may restore life back to the sinner. Blood was also used in the covenant-making process. In this case, blood was not meant for forgiveness of sins. The blood poured upon the altar and then on the people meant that they were bound by the bond of life. The blood that marked the both parties symbolized that life which now they shared as covenant partners. It also implied that the people surrendered themselves their life to God, while God offered them his own life. The blood of the covenant established and sealed the covenantal relationship between God and the people of Israel. The second reading from the letter to the Hebrews must be understood in the context of the Jewish observance of the Day of Atonement. Even though a covenantal people the Israelites continued to fall into sin, which time and again caused the breaking of the covenant. 
In such cases, the covenant had to be renewed and sacrifices for sins were continually offered by the priest in the Jerusalem temple. On the Day of Atonement, a very particular type of sin sacrifice was offered. On that day, the high priest performed an elaborate ceremony designed to sanctify the people by removal of all uncleanness caused by their sins. The central part of that ceremony was the entry of the high priest into the holiest place in the Jerusalem temple with the blood of a goat. This blood was then sprinkled upon on the Ark of the Covenant. It was a ritual performed every year to secure God's forgiveness for the sins committed by the entire nation. This rite was to ensure that the Israelite nation could remain in the covenant with its God. Alluding to this feast, the author of Hebrews presents Jesus as the priest of the new covenant. However, unlike the Israelite high priest who used the blood of an animal during the day of atonement, Jesus sheds his own blood in order to redeem people from their sins. Remarkably, the author emphasizes that Christ is both the priest and the sacrifice. Since he is also God's own son, the sacrifice he once offered was sufficient to secure the permanent forgiveness of sins. Thus, his sacrifice was a once and for all act which does not need to be repeated every year. The effect of this remarkable sacrifice is the making of the new covenant. Jesus is the mediator of this covenant because he restores the relationship between God and his people, leading them to the eternal inheritance. This inheritance is eternal life in God's presence. His own blood sealed this new covenant, which guarantees that those joined to God through Christ will forever remain God's people. The Gospel reading contains an account of Jesus' Last Supper with his disciples. This was no ordinary meal. It was the yearly Passover meal, which the Jewish people solemnly celebrated, commemorating the Exodus and Sinai Covenant. During this meal, Jesus performed two extraordinary actions. First, he broke the bread and shared it with the disciples, calling it his body. He then shared a cup of wine with them, calling it the blood of the covenant, poured out for many. The broken bread symbolizes and becomes Jesus' own body, soon to be broken on the cross. The cup of wine symbolizes and becomes Jesus' blood, about to be spilled during the Passion. Going willingly to the cross, Jesus acts as a priest offering the sacrifice of himself and becomes himself the sacrifice. He sacrifices the twofold meaning discussed above. It is the sacrifice that removes sins and also a sacrifice that establishes the new covenant. This covenant will not be sealed by the blood of animals, but by the blood of God's own Son. Jesus' broken body and spilled blood removes the sins of the people and allows them to enter into a covenant with God, a new covenant open to all. Today's liturgy touches upon the central theme of the Christian faith, that of the new covenant 
that Jesus established between God and the people. This new covenant was made by Jesus through his own self-sacrifice. His body and blood offered on the cross removes sins and create a new relationship between God and people, one that does not require animal sacrifices to be maintained. The Eucharist commemorates this remarkable event. This daily observance reflects the enduring and ongoing significance of what Jesus did during the Passover meal and on Calvary. Participating in the Eucharist meal, Christians are joined to Christ by consuming his body and blood and thus sustaining themselves in the new and everlasting covenant with their God. Doing so, they indeed fulfill the words of the psalmist who celebrated the covenant with the words, I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Listening to the word of God. The blood has rich symbolism in most cultures of the world. In many African societies, blood sacrifices were performed to strengthen the bond between the worshipper and a god or an ancestor. Such sacrifices were intended to establish an unbreakable bond between a human being and a deity. For Christians, the Eucharist remains a supreme way to maintain a bond with God. During his Passover meal with the disciples, Jesus not only established a new covenant between God and the people, but also ensured that the people would continue to remain in this covenant by joining themselves to his body and blood in the Eucharist. To consume Jesus' body and blood means to be united with Jesus and through him to be joined to God. To be the people of the new covenant means to be the people of the Eucharist. But the Eucharist has even greater implications for our lives. By consuming Jesus' body and blood, we become like that which we consume. Jesus offered his body and blood in a sacrificial service that brought life to us. When we consume his body and blood, we are taking upon ourselves to act in the manner Jesus did. This has two major implications. First, Jesus' sacrifice brought forgiveness of sins. Therefore, like Jesus, we are called to the life of forgiveness. Practicing forgiveness, we act like Jesus. We might not have the power to forgive sins committed against God, but we certainly have the power to forgive the sins committed against ourselves. 
In doing so, we act as the people of the new covenant, who have been reconciled to God by his son's sacrifice. Another aspect of Jesus' sacrifice was its life-giving character. Going to the cross, Jesus fulfilled what the author of Hebrews wrote about him, namely, that he would become both the spirit and the sacrifice. In the Christian understanding, all believers share in the priesthood of Christ. This means that every believer, by performing acts of life-giving and self-sacrifice acts in a priestly manner, the author of 1 Peter stated that we are all priests called to offer spiritual sacrifices. That is chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. We create a bond between one another when, like Jesus, we perform a priestly service of self-sacrifice for another person. This may not require shedding of our own blood, but it does require the offering of our life in various ways. In the biblical understanding, to offer one's life through various acts of charity and other forms of assistance is nothing else but offering one's blood. In the Eucharist, we consume the blood of the covenant and continue to live as God's own people. Through our own acts of forgiveness and self-sacrificial love, we shed our own blood and thus seal the covenant between ourselves, our neighbors, and God. An African proverb states, Human blood is heavy. Those who shed it cannot run away. While it may imply that shedding of blood cannot be done without responsibility, it also can mean that those who willingly shed their blood for others bind themselves to them in a bond that is permanent and lasting. As Christians, we were bound to God by the blood of Christ, the blood of the covenant. We are called to bind ourselves to God and others through the same kind of blood sharing, which is in fact the sharing of our lives. Human blood is heaven. Those who shed it cannot run away. Action. Self-examination. What does Eucharist mean to me? Do I approach it with due reverence, recognizing its great significance for my life and my relationship to God and others? When was the last time when I performed an act of sharing of my life?
with somebody else. What was it? Response to God I will carefully read the account of Jesus' Last Supper in John chapter 13. I will reflect on how Jesus intended to share his life with those whom he loved as reflected in this passage. Response to your world I will determine one way in which I can share my life with someone in need of my presence and assistance and act upon it. We will organize a workshop facilitated by somebody knowledgeable who will help our group to develop a deeper understanding of the Eucharist and its practical implications for our life. Lord Jesus Christ, as the sacrificial lamb, you offered yourself for the forgiveness of our sins and established a new covenant between us and your Father in your blood. We thank you for this supreme gift and for drawing us into the covenant with yourself and with the one who sent you. Allow us to live with, with continuous awareness of this bond and help us to live in Eucharistic union with you. Amen. Amen.